Hello, and welcome to the Her Head in Films podcast. I'm your host. My name is Caitlin. In this podcast, I share my personal thoughts and feelings about the films that I watch, mainly art house and world cinema. Today's episode is not going to be about a specific film. It's going to be about the one year anniversary of this podcast. I want to reflect on it. Um, I've done over 40 episodes and I want to reflect on what this podcast means to me and how important it is to my life. If you're new to the podcast and you don't know who I am, I'm a writer, a dreamer. I love literature, art, and poetry. I'm a very sensitive person and very lonely for the most part, and I crave knowledge about the world, but I'm mainly just a very passionate person about art in all its forms, whether it's written in books or whether it's in films, and cinema has really become a recent passion of mine since around 2011. I would say, and that's when my real passion started. Um, I created this podcast as an outlet for me to talk about the films that I watch. I live in a rural area, don't even have an art house theater near where I live, and I don't have a cinephile culture or access to that in my real life. So this is really an outlet for me um, to express my feelings. If you're wondering what the title means, Her Head in Films, comes from an email that I sent a friend a few years ago at the time. I was obsessively watching movies, and I said in the email, my head isn't in the clouds, my head is in films. And so when I started to think about starting the podcast, that was a phrase that came into my head and that I thought really conveyed how I... I'm always thinking about films, how they've become part of my life. This podcast does have a Patreon where you can help financially sustain the podcast. I'd love to have you as a patron if that interests you. I do have various rewards and extras available to you. Um, One reward that you can get is to get a shout out in each episode. So I would like to give a shout out to Jesse, Michelle, Feminist Overlord, Carolyn, Olivia, and Lindsay. Thank you so much for being patrons, and I want to thank all of you for listening to the podcast. And today's episode is it's about those of you who listen, but of course it's also about the experience of starting this podcast, of creating it. The podcast is now a year old. It's around a year old, a little bit more. I didn't actually realized that the one year anniversary had passed. (laughs) So I'm a little bit late on this. Um, I I just want to talk about what this podcast means to my life and and reflect on some of the films I've talked about, I guess. And um, I just, I'm someone who, I don't have any kind of presence in real life. I don't have any kind of importance And I'm not really someone who is seen or valued. Um, I've always been very invisible. I've always been very alone in my life. You know, nobody really listens to my voice. And I've been through a lot the last few years. 
and some of you know who have um, listened to various episodes, I did lose my house recently. I had to move to another state for financial reasons for a job, and um, so I left my home, which was North Carolina, where that's where friends lived and where family lived, and my whole life had been in North Carolina for 26 years out of the 28 years that I've been alive. I lived in one house in one town, and that was my life. And then things conspired, and fate um, just dealt me a big blow in my family, where we lost our jobs at all at the same time, and um, a job opportunity came up, but it was in another state, and we were desperate, and so we relocated for job reasons so that we could keep surviving, and we had to leave our house. And that's just the truth. And so um, it's been really difficult. That happened in 2015. And so now we're at the end of 2017. So I've had to adjust to a new state where I don't know anybody and where, you know, I have no roots, no connection at all. I have no family. I have no friends. And it's been very difficult. It's It's hard to lose things. I lost my father in 2006 when I was 16 years old. So I've gone through a lot of loss in my life, but the loss of my home was a big blow to me, and it still is. Um, I still don't know how to talk about it or how to cope with it. And um, so it's hard because when we moved, nobody cared. I'm 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 telling this because I want you to know that I'm not valued in the real world because people that I would call family or I would call friends don't miss me. I didn't make any kind of impact on their life. They don't call. They don't send cards. They don't message. So it's like, in a way, I never existed to them. And that's been going on for a while. After my father died in 2006, my dad's family and my mom's family were incredibly cruel and cold and unsupportive. And my mom and I really had to rely on each other in order to survive. So I, I learned when he died that I didn't really have a family, you know. But I guess, I guess the few people that I tried to stay in touch with, I thought that I mattered in some way. You know, I guess you like to think that. But moving to this other state, leaving everything I ever knew behind... It's shown me how little I mattered to other people. And it hurts. It hurts to not be missed. It hurts to not be thought of. It hurts that your absence has no effect on other people. And it's like you were never there. And that's... 
painful. It really is. And so, to have this podcast has meant that I've had a voice. That I've had an impact on some other people. I will never meet any of you. I'll never know you. Those of you who have listened on a regular basis, those of you who have become patrons, um, those of you who like the podcast and care about it or share it on social media, I will never meet you. But I do feel that we are connected in some way and in some important way that you take the time out of your day, out of your life, to listen to what I have to say about a film. Um, I never expected that. When I started this podcast in late 2016, I didn't have a lot of expectations for it. I, I can't tell you why exactly I started it. I think it... I got sort of burned out on writing online. I think that was part of it. I didn't really... I love films and I, you know, I, I wanted to talk about them, but I didn't want to write. That was the thing. I was just, you know, I just didn't want to write long essays about films that I watched. Um, I just didn't feel like I had the energy to do it. And um, I just wanted, I wanted to talk. I guess. You know, I don't have people to talk to in my everyday life. I don't have a support system. I don't have, you know, lots of friends and all of that. And so I think I was just looking for a way to like vocalize some of these things that I think and feel. And I think another part of me, I guess, was longing to be heard and was longing to speak because so much of my life has been defined by my silence. I've told this story before in other episodes, but when I was a child, people would ask me if I was mute. They would ask me if I could speak, if I was capable of speaking. I've always had intense social anxiety. I still do. I struggle with depression. I struggle with anxiety. Those things are woven into this podcast. And so I've always had trouble speaking. I don't like public speaking. When I was in school, I had a terrible time giving um, presentations and things in front of class. I had a terrible time trying to speak up in class and engage in class discussions. It just, it terrified me and it caused me so much anxiety. And my heart would race and, and it was just terrible. And so doing a podcast like this, there's not that amount of pressure. You know, I don't see any of you in front of me. I mean, honestly, usually I do these podcasts late at night. I have a microphone that has um, a cord and at the end of the cord is a USB cable. And I just plug it into my Chromebook and then I use a website to record the episode. So I do all of this live. I don't have any ability to edit I don't splice things together. Every episode that you have heard has been me speaking from beginning to end in one session at one time. And that's why sometimes you'll hear interruptions or sometimes my dog has barked or my mom has walked in the room or, 
you know, whatever, you know, things have happened and bless you for putting up with that. And, um, I've said it before. I don't have the sleekest podcast. It's not the best audio quality. It's not a sexy podcast, you know, but I try to make up for that with the heart that I put into it. So, you know, this podcast has been a way for me to speak and to be heard in some way. And that's why it means so much to me. And I think there's a therapeutic quality too. And I will say that in the process of doing this podcast, I mean, I I started it on a lark. I always describe it that way, that it really was started on a lark. I thought maybe a handful of people would listen. I thought maybe I'd do a few episodes. You know, I didn't know where it would go, what would happen, you know. Not that I'm some podcast superstar or anything. I'm still a pretty small podcast. There's not a lot of you out there that listen, but... You know, it's more than five people. You know, it's more than what I expected from the beginning. But, um, I just, I wanted a way to, to speak and to be heard, as I say. But in the process, I've actually fallen in love with this podcast. I have fallen in love with the process of putting it together. I've fallen in love with sharing it. I've just... I've, I've extracted from it so much satisfaction, so much pleasure, so much joy. Um, I can't even put it into words. Like I have found like something that just, I love, (laughs) like I deeply, deeply love. And I've never encountered this before. Like I just, I have such a passion for it. I wish I could do more episodes. You know, I wish I could do so much, you know. Um, But I have limited resources. But, so I've, I've discovered this whole new passion that I didn't even know I had, which was podcasting, I guess. <laughs> or I guess, I guess what I love about it is, is the therapeutic value of it, of talking about films and there's something I was just thinking about it before I started recording this of, I feel this sense of healing. Like I can't quite explain it. Like I would say this is one of the best things that has happened to me in a decade. Like (laughs) that's how important this podcast is to me. Like you don't even understand. Um, to have done 40 episodes, more than 40 episodes at this point. I'm sure I'll get to the 50th one soon. To do it consistently, you know, I've put out an episode every week for quite a few months now. Um, I had to skip a week here and there, but overall, I've been as consistent as I possibly can while sometimes having a chaotic and difficult life. I feel an immense amount of pride in what I've created, that I have created this podcast, that I have built it somewhat, you know. Um, I feel a sense of accomplishment that I have consistently created these episodes and that I think the quality is good, you know. Um, 
I have tried to dig as deeply as I can into the various films that I talk about. I certainly hope that you think the quality is good. Um, I have just, I've worked through depression, you know, I've worked through some difficult things to make the episodes, you know, I had some weeks where I felt really down, you know, really depressed, really um, in despair, but I still managed to create an episode. And so, I just feel an immense sense of satisfaction, and I feel like I have actually created something, like, tangible in a weird way, even though it's online and it's on the internet. It's, it feels like something I can maybe point to and say, look what I've done, you know, look what I've created, and, um... I feel a sense of excitement even now, a year into it. I feel like, oh, I get to create my episode and share it with people. And, you know, people, some people will listen to it and maybe they'll like it. And it's just that I get to share this passion, you know, for a film, you know, and I get to talk about the film and I just think, oh, wow, you know. It's It just gives me so much joy to do it. And I can't say that I've encountered that before. Like, after I lost my dad, I just, I went through so much pain. I've been in so much pain for over a decade now. And I still am in pain. A lot of mental pain. I struggle with physical health issues as well that I don't really talk about much. Because it's just too much. It's too much to talk about. It's too much to deal with. <clears throat> but, um, but here is like this one thing, this podcast, where I feel like it's like this light in the dark, I guess. You know, I wish I had sort of discovered it sooner. But maybe, maybe it came when it needed to come, right? You know? After the last few years that I've been through, it's just maybe this is what I needed to make me feel good again or to give me a sense of purpose. I would say that's the thing I feel about this that I have never encountered up to this point, which is a sense of purpose of like, oh, I have these, I have this episode to create and share and that gives me a sense of purpose of oh I get to share this film with people and I get to talk about it and maybe a few people will watch it and maybe they'll love the film too or they'll be affected by it and and so I feel like maybe I'm some, having some kind of impact or influence on other people or that I'm touching their lives in some way or affecting their lives and so I feel a sense of purpose in my life that I have not felt like ever <laughs> um, and I think that can be a really powerful thing like every like all the time I just think to myself god I wish this was like my job like imagine if it was your job just to create podcasts or something like I wish it was like my career you know or or at least like 
I wish I could put more time and more effort into it. And um, I would love to be able to do that, you know. But I'm really grateful for at least that I, I do have it and I get to create it. But it's like I love it so much that I'm like, God, I wish this was like my regular job or career. Like, how amazing would that be? You know, I mean, in your dream world, right? You know, in a perfect world, things like that happen to you. I mean, things like that don't happen to people like me for the most part. But um, I just... I have trouble even talking about this podcast because it's just so personal for me and it means so much to me and I don't know if any of you listening can quite understand it. Like when you're someone who is just surviving day by day by day for a decade because of trauma and things that you've been through because you can't even imagine the future. Because to imagine the future, you just, you just see more pain. Like, that's what happens. Like, I I couldn't even think of the future for myself because I felt like the future was just filled with more pain. It was just, it was more, more years without my dad, you know. And it's still hard for me to think of the future and... I live like so much in the present because I'm just trying to survive. I'm trying to survive the grief. I'm trying to survive the various pains that I feel, you know, physically and mentally, you know. I'm trying to survive, you know, not having a lot of money and struggling financially. And it's just, you don't really think that anything good will happen to you. And you, maybe you still hold on to your dreams, but you don't think that they're possible. They don't feel possible in any capacity. And, you know, not that this was ever a dream of mine, but it's just something that's popped up in my life and that I've created that I really feel passionate about, you know. And I think it does give me purpose, as I say. I think it gives me hope. I think it gives me something to hold on to that even when I'm really down, I can say, well, hey, you've got this podcast and you've got a few people that listen to you and that care what you have to say and that value your voice. And I I guess at times I hold on to that. I think, well, I have that. You know, I may not have a lot. I may not be an important person and I may not be missed by the people that should miss me and should care about me that's the thing about my family and these people that were in my life it's like I never did anything to them I never did anything to not deserve love and yet my whole life I never received love from them I never felt loved by them I always felt loved by my parents, by my mom and dad, but I'm talking about beyond them, you know, their, their parents, you know, their siblings and, you know, the extended family and stuff. I always had my core mother and father who I knew loved me and adored me, but everybody else, I never felt loved. I never felt valued. And maybe 
that's why I was so silent all the time, is that I felt like, what's the point in speaking if nobody's going to listen to me, and nobody cares what I have to say, and nobody loves me. I just, I never felt that love, ever. And obviously, I didn't feel it because it wasn't there, and it didn't exist. And it still doesn't exist, and you can't make it. You can't make it exist. And it's not anything that I did. I mean, I'm talking about from the time I was a child. Children don't do anything to deserve not being loved. Children always deserve love and affection. And when they are not given those things, it is not their fault. And I know it's not my fault. It's just the people that I got stuck with, I guess, <laughs> as a family or whatever. So, it does matter to have one space where I feel like, I'm not saying y'all love me or anything, but you see value in me and what I have to say matters to you and I am present in your life in some way through these episodes and um and that presence I hope is comforting or enriching or that it has a positive impact on you I think that's what I've always wanted in my life is to just have a positive impact on someone and I want to make them feel better or I want to bring beauty into their life through these films that's really what I'm trying to do I'm trying to say here's something I watched and I thought it was beautiful and I thought it was moving and I thought it was a work of art and I thought it had value and I'm trying to transmit that to you, you know, and I'm trying to communicate that to you. And that's all I've ever wanted to do is just to share beauty with other people and to make them feel a little less alone in the world and to have a positive impact on their life. I think that's what I've always wanted is just to affect people and to have some kind of impact. And, um, I do feel that with this podcast. I really do. I feel that I'm having some kind of small, you know, but, but real impact on some people who listen to the podcast and who like what I have to say. I, I feel, I feel that that matters and. I feel good about that and I think that's where the sense of purpose comes from for me is is that um is that I'm able to do that and um that's why the podcast for me is really so meaningful in so many ways it's interesting because I listened to one of the early episodes of this podcast and I'm crying on it <laughs> from day one I have cried on this podcast <laughs> I tell you, and I have to say, 
I'm going to be honest, I get a little embarrassed about it. Because there's quite a few episodes where I cry. Um, in one episode, I'm talking about how I discovered cinema. I talk about a high school class that I took in film appreciation. And I'm talking a lot about my dad in that episode. I think it's like the third episode or something. And I cry so much. I cried when I was talking about the Apu trilogy by Satya Jit Ray. So, um, I have cried a lot <laughs> on this podcast. And, um, but again, from day one, what I wanted to do with the podcast, I wanted to make films personal. And I wanted to talk about them in a personal way. And I think that's important because a lot of film criticism online, and I'm, and this is not a judgment or an indictment, but a lot of essays that you'll read and stuff like that is really academic. It's really emanating from the academy and from film study scholars and from film study students, I'm sure. And I don't have that background. I did not study film in college. And of course I respect that, you know, but I'm not going to go deeply into film theory on the podcast. I myself don't understand everything about film theory. Um, and, you know, f the, the French theorists and, and, and all the theorists out there about film and psychoanalysis and the subconscious and, you know, and things like that. Um, that is not my forte or my strength, as all of you know. So there's something at times for me very dry about film criticism online when it comes from that place of academia and, um, you know, I think there's a way to be intellectual and still be accessible. I would not describe my podcast as intellectual. I would call it more accessible, more, you know, um, I'm more of like a layman when it comes to film and to cinema. And I'm trying to talk about, you know, I don't get into the technical specifics. Um, specifics of a film you know I don't talk about shot reverse shot and things like that I talk more about the story and the characters and sometimes I'll talk about the colors or you know things like that um, if if those things are noteworthy for me but I'm much more interested in the life of the characters and the and what's going on in their lives and the story in the film you know um, more so than a an analysis of the way scenes are set up or shot or I don't bring that technical expertise, obviously. Um, but as I say, sometimes I just find that writing to be kind of dry or kind of empty a little bit. Um, and a lot of the film podcasts I've noticed, um, they tend to be dominated by men. They tend to be dominated by very commercial mainstream cinema. Um, there's a few podcasts that are maybe more that focus more on art house cinema or foreign films or world cinema. 
But I feel like what I'm trying to do is to bridge all of that together. I'm trying to be accessible, trying to be personal, but meld it with something that's seen as highly intellectual, like art house cinema. And so I'm trying to think, I mean, in my mind, I'm trying to make art house cinema accessible to a common person. I am just a young woman <laughs> living in the rural South, you know, I don't have any kind of special expertise here, you know. I just have a passion for film. And that's what I'm trying to do, is to express that passion. But I'm trying to weave in my life with the films when it's applicable. It's not always applicable. I've certainly talked about plenty of films where I had no personal connection to the film itself. You know, I've talked about violence against women. I've talked about rape culture. I've talked about, you know, all kinds of films that have no connection with my own life. Like the horror film Carnival of Souls. You know, although I did talk about that in a personal way. Or Barbara Loden's Wanda. Or, I mean, I've certainly talked about films or some of Abbas Kurostami's films like Taste of Cherry or um, or Jenny Livingston's Paris is Burning. That was episode seven. Um, Stanley Tucci and Campbell Scott's Big Night. That was episode five. So I certainly talk about films that have plots that have no connection to my personal life <laughs> and that I've never been through what the characters have been through. But... um. But from the beginning, my goal was to bring art house cinema and world cinema into the realm of the personal and the subjective and to take it out of academia for me, you know, and to talk about how I relate to these films, to talk about my relationship to these films, the experience of watching them, why I watch them, why I think they are important why I love them, you know, and that was always important from the beginning, that it centered my own subjectivity, and it centered my own perspective on the film, and that it was unapologetic in that, in centering a woman's subjectivity and a woman's experience of watching various films. Another thing I've tried to do on the podcast is this is to center women every film is not directed by a woman that is true as i said i've done more than 40 episodes i would say by my count at least a quarter of the films are directed by women should it be more probably yes but the thing about when i create the episodes and i don't know if any of you are interested in this um of like how I choose, you know, how do I pick what episode I'm, what film I'm going to talk about. It comes down to the content of the film. It just does. I've watched plenty of women directors this year. I watch a lot of women, always. I always center women, always. Sometimes the film that I connect with is not the one directed by a woman. 
it's not always what goes into why I choose a film. One film that really snuck up on me was Maurice Pialas' The Mouth Agape. That was just a random film that I decided to watch one night. And it moved me and it haunted me in such a way that I had to talk about it. So that same week, I'm sure I watched some women directors and watched their films. But I just didn't feel, based on what was in the film itself, the themes of it, the, what was happening in it, that I could do a full episode. Because I try to do at least 40 minutes to an hour. Which means that when I watch a film, I there has got to be a lot there. There's got to be enough in the film that I can do at least 40 minutes, you know. And for me, it's just got to pull me in. It's got to haunt me in some way. I would describe it in that way, that it's just this film where as I'm watching it or sometimes after I watch it, it gnaws at me and it stays with me. And sometimes that's a film by a woman and sometimes it's a film by a man, you know. But I have tried to talk about women's films. I've talked about Andrea Arnold's Fish Tank. I've talked about Barbara Loden's Wanda. I've talked about Agnieszka Holland's The Secret Garden because that was a film from my childhood. Um, I've talked about Sally Potter's The Tango Lesson, which was recommended by a patron. I've talked about Agnes Varda's Vagabond. You know, Jenny Livingston's uh, Paris is Burning. Um, so I have really done my best to center women and to make them an important part of the podcast. If if the film is not directed by a woman, often the films are about women characters. Not always, but often. And that's important to me as well. So, um, that, that's an important thing to me. You know, films like The Double Life of Veronique, that, that is about a woman. So, even if it's not directed by a woman, I want it to be about a woman, for the most part. A few highlights for me of the year of the films that I've watched and that I've reviewed. I would say definitely Krzysztof Kieślowski's Decalogue. That's one of the earliest episodes I did, actually the second episode. That series was really important to me. Another important series for me was Sachajet Ray's The Apu Trilogy. Um, I'm really glad that I sp talked about that film. Barry Jenkins's Moonlight, which won the Academy Award this year for Best Film. That's a highlight for me. I felt really, um, I felt a lot of personal feelings about that film. And I think it's such an important movie. And I, th I have gotten a lot of feedback from that episode from a few people who were very moved by it and who really connected to what I had to say um, in the episode. So that's a highlight for me. Um, I've I've um, reviewed quite a few Satyajit Ray films. He's an Indian director. I've reviewed The Big City, the Apu Trilogy, one of which was Potter Panchali. He was a big revelation for me this year. I, I discovered his work this year, mainly. 
I had watched Charulata a few years ago, but it wasn't until this year when I watched his film, The Big City, that I was absolutely enamored with his work and moved by his work. And that was a really big shift in my identity as um, a cinephile was finding his work because it took me farther outside of the West and out of English speaking uh, films. It took me out of Europe too. I mean, I, I had tended to focus a bit more on Europe uh, or European films, like Italian films, French films, for for instance. And so to discover his work got me much more interested in non-Western cinema. And so I've watched a lot of Sacha Jet Ray this year. The Big City, the Apu Trilogy, The Coward, um quite a few of his films I've seen and I intend to watch more of his work because I'm a big fan of his. I watched quite a bit of Yasujiro Ozu as well, a Japanese director. I have yet to do a full episode about his work, but I would like to. I would really like to do an episode, for instance, on Late Spring. Um, That was a really amazing film and it was actually one of my favorites that I watched in 2016 but I watched a few of his films this year as well like Tokyo Twilight, Record of a Tenement Gentleman so his work is like profoundly important to me. I was really glad to talk about Sophie's Choice. I have to say that's one of those films that when I was a teenager that was really an important film to me and I was glad I could talk about I'm glad I could talk about Christian Petzold's film Phoenix, which is about a Holocaust survivor. And that and Sophie's Choice, I was really glad to be able to talk about Holocaust films a bit and um, to talk about trauma and to talk about, you know, what that means to try to keep on living after a profoundly traumatic event in one's life. I loved talking about um, dangerous women in Claude Chabrol's La Ceremony. That was really fun to do that episode. I also watched quite a bit of Abbas Kurastami's films this year. I revisited Taste of Cherry. I watched his Coker trilogy, um, which consists of Where Is My Friend's House, Life and Nothing More, and Through the Olive Trees. I did an episode about the trilogy. I did an episode about Where Is My Friend's House, which I really loved. I'm a huge, huge fan of Abbas Kiristami. I'd love to do more episodes about his films, especially Close Up. Close Up is one that I really, really want to do an episode for eventually. So the thing about this podcast is that I still have so many films that I want to talk about. I want to do an episode about Ozu. I want to do an ep- another episode about Kiristami. So I I still have so much that I want to talk about. Ken Loach's I, Daniel Blake was a really personal episode for me where I talked about things that my father had gone through and and, um, what it's like to be poor, what it's like to struggle financially in the United States. It's very difficult here without a, a safety net. So I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of episode 27, which is about two made-for-TV movies from the 1990s that address rape culture, that address 
violence against women, um, and that look at toxic masculinity. Um, I'm really actually proud of that episode. It was an episode that I had always wanted to do because I grew up on made-for-TV movies. And maybe in the future I'd like to talk about some more made-for-TV movies. I don't know. But um, in that episode, I felt like I really addressed some important issues that matter to me. And which is the way women are portrayed and represented and the way women deal with men, you know, and the way men can be predatory and violent towards women. And I thought that was really important. I loved talking about Agnes Varda's film Vagabond. I love Agnes Varda. I would definitely love to talk about more of her films on the podcast. Um, cause I'm such, I loved how Vagabond was about a woman who was very unconventional and very, um, complex. I really loved that. So I loved doing so many of these episodes. I, I really did. I, a really big important episode was Barbara Loden's Wanda, which is episode 33. That is one of the most important films of my life and that I've ever seen. And I, I hope I did that film justice. And I went really deeply into the film and the different nuances and, I that was a really important episode uh, to me and I'm glad that I did it. I really loved um episode 34 where I was talking about this idea of a cinema of the unruly woman of looking at films that are about women who are unruly and transgressive and who really spill out of the bounds, you know, of what we expect of women and I want to continue thinking about films like that and so that's something that I've started to think about is that cinema of the unruly woman and what would that look like and what does that mean? And I, I hope it's something that raises questions for you as well to think about the different representations of women and and um, we need these complex portraits, right? I finally got to talk about Andrea Arnold's fish tank in episode 35. That made me so gloriously happy. Because Fish Tank has been one of my favorite films for a long time. So I've just, I've talked about so many films. I've talked about films from my childhood. I've talked about films that deal with grief. I've talked about films outside of the West, you know, with Satya Jit Ray and Abbas Kiristami. And I've really talked about how even films made in other countries, in countries and cultures that are very different from my own, that what I have found in these films are are some common denominators or I have found things in them that really resonate with me. So even though the people in the films are a different culture and they have a different language and we have a very different experience in the world, those stories matter to me and they moved me. And, you know, I've gone all over the world with this podcast. I've gone to Poland through the Decalogue, I've gone to India through the Apu Trilogy, you know, I've gone to, I even reviewed a film set in Afghanistan for episode 10, um, Wajma was a film that I talked about, um, so I've taken you to Iran with Abbas Kuristami, and so I've gone everywhere with you 
through these films. I really have. And, um, I've gone to France quite a bit, you know, like, like with La Ceremonie and Vagabond and different places like that. I've, I've reviewed quite a few, uh, French films for sure. I've gone to Britain, you know, through The Secret Garden and Fish Tank. Um, so I've, we've gone so many places together and we've really traveled the world through cinema and I do see it as, I do see this, this cinephilia that I feel is like a journey. You know, it's like this journey through cinema and watching these films and I'm, I feel like I'm sharing that journey with those of you who listen. And I'm sure over time, my taste in cinema will continue to change. I will say this, I feel like I am developing, you know, as a cinephile. I feel like my my taste is changing and it's becoming more um, more fleshed out. And I'm starting to to think about what I want in a film, what I enjoy about a film. But at the same time, I try not to limit myself. I try not to say, well, I'm only going to watch these kinds of films. Um, I don't like that. I'm, I'm very open to different films. I'll, you know, one day I'll watch a film from Australia. And then the next day I'll watch a film from Thailand. And then another day I'll watch a film from Poland. You know, I'm, I'm constantly watching films from different parts of the world and different kinds of films. I'll watch commercial films. I'll watch art house films. It's, I'm open to all of it. And I encourage you to be open to it as well. You know, I'll watch Disney movies. You know, I, I watch everything. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> um, I watch all kinds of things and, um, I'm very open <laughs> to what's out there because you really never know what's going to connect with you. And sometimes a film can really, it can sneak up on you in interesting ways. And so I'm proud of the range of the podcast. I'm glad that on the one hand, I've talked about very, you know, art house films, you know, like the Apu trilogy or Decalogue. And then I've talked about The Secret Garden, which was a film I loved in my childhood. And I've talked about made-for-TV movies on Lifetime, on the Lifetime channel, um, from the 1990s. So I feel like I've tried to give you a good balance. I've even talked about horror films like Don't Look Now and Carnival of Souls. So I like to think that I have really provided you a range of genres, a range of experiences and stories and landscapes and cultures. Um, and I, I hope that that has brought some kind of enrichment or knowledge or comfort into your life. And um, I really, I look forward to continuing doing the episodes. Like I say, I have a long list, long list of films that I still really want to talk about and explore. And um, often that's the problem. Often it's that I have so many films that I want to talk about and it can be difficult to narrow that down. It can be difficult to choose one. So I've had to really trust my gut. I've had to go with my instinct and I've had to become a decisive person. 
and I've and through this process I've really I think found my voice I think in the earlier episodes I'm a little bit you know I don't know I listen I listened to to a few a few days ago and you know I just think as the podcast has progressed over the year I feel like I've gained confidence I feel like I have gained a belief in myself that I have something to say and that what I have to say matters and that it has value and it may not be perfect and it may not be the best podcast. You know, I've had to really let go of perfection, that there are things that I've said in the moment at times where I felt like, oh, was that clear enough? Was that the most articulate way to say it? But I've had to let it go and I've had to just say it is what it is you know and i'm i'm not perfect i'm not a perfect person and this is not a perfect podcast it it's raw at times it's rough around the edges but i am proud of what i have created and i am proud of the episodes that i have put out and yes sometimes i'm crying in them and yes sometimes they're not as articulate and sometimes i say you know too much and i say <laughs> um I say certain phrases too often and I repeat myself and I lose my train of thought and all of that happens. But at the end of the day, I do feel that I have found my voice or I am in the process of finding my voice. I think my voice is getting stronger. I think it's getting more confident. I think I'm starting to understand what I believe. I think I'm starting to trust myself and trust what I think and to believe in in what I'm saying and that I have a right to say it you know as someone who's been silenced for a long time someone who's always been scared to share her thoughts scared to share her opinions because of the way I might be judged or that people might disagree or it might upset someone through the process of creating this podcast and doing the episodes I've started to gain a greater belief in myself and in the right that I have to express my opinions and that my opinions are valid and they're okay. And at the beginning of, of the podcast, I used to really crave feedback. I used to really like if somebody told me that they really loved the episode, then I felt like, oh, that episode's really good then. Or, but then if I didn't get any kind of feedback and nobody said anything and nobody commented, and then I would feel bad. I would feel insecure. I would feel like, oh, that episode must be really bad or something. And I've gotten to the point now where I don't need someone to tell me that that was a good episode. I don't need that feedback to feel like it's a good episode. And I think that's important that I, I don't need somebody's approval. I don't need somebody to say this matters or you matter. You know, do I love feedback? Yeah. I love when somebody messages me or comments on Facebook or tweets me. I love that. I really do. I wish, I wish I got it more often. Actually, I, I enjoy engaging with people about films. I, that's wonderful, but it's it doesn't break my confidence if somebody doesn't, is what I'm trying to say. That I've gotten to the point where I believe in what I'm saying. I believe in myself. 
I believe that my opinions and my thoughts and my feelings are valid and that there is a space for them and that I have a right to express them and they are what they are you know they they are imperfect at times and they are inarticulate at times but they're there and they matter and so that's a big deal for me to not need that feedback to not need that approval and to be able to stand and and say I believe in what I'm putting out and I believe in what I'm creating and I believe that I have the right to be here in the film space because often at the beginning especially I felt very insecure that I didn't have a film studies background that I wasn't an academic that I wasn't a, a historian that I didn't have really I felt I didn't have any right to talk about films and I felt like a fake or I felt like a charlatan or I felt mediocre or I felt unworthy or I felt like often in my head I would think who do you think you are who the hell do you think you are talking about Abbas Kurastami or Satyajit Ray like these were gods that walked on the earth like who the hell do you think you are and I still think that sometimes, you know, if I ever want to do an episode about Ingmar Bergman or Andre Tarkovsky, I, I don't know if I ever will because I feel unworthy of those <laughs> gentlemen, those directors and the work that they created. But I have to tell myself that I do have a right to talk about films, that we all have a right to talk about films, that you don't need some kind of specialized knowledge or specialized background to talk about films. Do you need to do your research? Yes. Do you need to be informed and knowledgeable? Absolutely. But you don't need a degree to matter. And you don't need a degree to speak. To speak your truth and to speak your experience with a film. And that's what I'm advocating. Is that films are personal. And that that's okay. And it's okay to talk about your experience with a film and it's okay to talk about how this film moves you and that is the space that I'm trying to create for myself and I'm trying to give my permission to exist in the space of film and cinema and to say I have a right to be here I have a right to speak and I believe in what I'm saying and what and in what I'm sharing and that's a big deal for me. I don't always feel that way. I did not feel that way at the beginning of this process. But through the encouragement and the kindness of other people, of those of you who listen, of those of you who have reached out, you have helped me get to this point. You've helped me feel like I matter in some way. And that I am valued. And that I am heard. And I thank you for that. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you for that. I thank you for listening. I thank you for giving me your time. I thank you for seeing value in me and in what I am contributing. Because that's all this is. That's what this podcast is. It is an offering. It is my offering to you. To other people. It is my contribution. And... 
it's one that has become a really important part of my life and that I am really grateful to have and that I don't know where it's going to lead. I don't know where it's going to go to, how it's going to evolve. Um, but I'm so glad that this is in my life and that I have it and that I am building this and creating this with my own hands, with my own voice, and that it is mine. I have created this and I claim ownership over this and I am proud of it. I'm grateful for it and I'm grateful for all of you who listen because it wouldn't be anything without those of you who listen and who care about it. Okay. So I'm grateful for all of it and I appreciate all of you, whether you're a new listener whether you've been a listener from the beginning or the last few months or the last few episodes, I thank you deeply. I mean, deeply. I think I've said everything I can possibly say. I just, I can't believe it's been a year. Um, what a journey it's been and we'll see what continues to happen with it. And, um, I have a lot of dreams for the podcast and, I'd love to be able to do more in the future and maybe, you know, one day if I have the resources, I'll be able to do that. But for now, I'm really proud of what I'm doing and I'm going to keep talking about films and I hope that you'll go go with me on this journey and um, and keep listening and, and keep enjoying the podcast. I really do. And um, I just, I love, I love doing it. I love it deeply and as I said before, it gives me a sense of healing. It gives me a sense of purpose. It gives me a sense of meaning. It gives me a sense of self and a sense of self-worth. Um, and it's just, it means a lot to me. And it's it's become a huge part of my life at this point that I really don't know what I would do without to have this outlet, to have this connection to to other people and to the world and I love talking about films and I will continue to talk about them for you know the foreseeable future <laughs> but I'm just I'm so happy to have the podcast and to have some of you listening it's it's an honor you know it's a real honor to know that there are people that listen you know I think I've said everything I could possibly say, but one year anniversary, <laughs> it's just crazy when you really reflect on it and think about it, like, wow, a whole year has gone by and I've been doing this, so thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm just going to stop here because I'm just babbling and rambling at this point. Until next time, keep watching great films. Bye for now.